Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. Let's go to James 5.16. This is in the Amplified. The Amplified is a, is a great translation. It's a kind of a long, wordy translation. Um, but it's a powerful translation. And here in James 5.16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another. And then in parentheses, it says, Your false steps, your offenses. Get those things out. They can clog you up on the inside of your heart. Thank God we have so many cell leaders and potential cell leaders. People can go to someone and say, I just need to get this off my chest. I know that God forgave me. I know that it was done at the cross. But this thing has just been lingering there, and the devil's been using it as a battering ram. So you go to your cell leader, or you go to a pastor, you go to someone, and you just get this stuff out. See? Deal with it. Get it out. If there's some offense there that... If, if you're offended at someone, if you're offended at leadership, if you're offended at whoever, get it out. Amen? Amen. Amen. We need to get out offense. It can hold us back in the area of prayer. Therefore, confess your sins one to another, your false steps, your offenses. That's what it says. Get that stuff out. Amen? Amen. And it says, pray for one another that you might be healed and restored. So everyone is sitting by someone. If you're sitting by husband and wife, then you guys can do this as a team. But I want you to pray for each other really quick. Uh, friends, whoever, grab someone and say, ask them, say, what is one prayer request that you have? Go ahead. All right? Don't give them a, a whole book. Just get to the core. Now pray for them. This is what the Bible says. It says that you can be healed and restored. Father, we pray that you would touch them and demonstrate your word. Demonstrate the power of your word today in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said? Amen. See, that's not so hard. That's not so hard. We can pray for one another and God can change our life. Amen. Did you know that you can pray for people in Walmart? I love to do that. I remember one time uh, I was in line and the lady uh, in front of me, the Lord spoke to me and he said, uh, she just lost her mother. Well, I had an opportunity. Amen. Uh, another time I was in an airport uh, down in Dallas, Texas. See, pray for one another. Yeehaw. That's right. Who said that? <laughs> Home of the Cowboys. It's interesting that they sign up to take lessons from the Packers every year, but anyways, the Cowboys. Norman. <laughs> Cowboy, yeah, okay. Yep. Yep. I lost my place. <laughs> Airport, there we go. So I'm in the airport, 
And we had about, oh, about six, seven people, and we, were, we had eight hours of a layover. That's a long time. Uh, you know, you can only go to Chick-fil-A so many times. Uh, what's that Cinnabon thing? Uh, what else is there, you know? What's that popcorn place? Oh, yeah. Nobody's familiar with that. Anyways, we're walking around the airport, and we're trying to give God time to touch some people. We're going to witness or pray for somebody, you know, pray for someone. And uh, so kind of a mob of us walking through the airport, and I suppose it was a little bit intimidating. So finally I said, let's just break up. Let's just kind of go our own separate ways, and let's see if we can uh, share our faith. We'll pray for somebody's need. We'll pray for sickness, whatever it is. Because the Bible says in James that we can, what? We can pray for one another and God will touch them. Amen? Now, it, of course, faith is a factor. And the more you do these things, the stronger your faith becomes, right? So, there we are. We're canvassing the Dallas airport because that's what Christians do, right? And I think I had a coffee, and I'm walking around, and I'm, I'm trying to find someone to share my faith with, to pray with them, to, to do something. And uh, so thank the Lord for Starbucks, you know, while you're on a mission trip, you know. So, <laughs> amen. Uh, people say, well, why would somebody spend $4 on a cup of coffee? Have you had a Starbucks coffee? It's good stuff. So uh, I said, Lord, I said, I'm, I'm not running into anyone, and I want to I be an example here. I want to I have an encounter. I want to pray with someone. I want to introduce them to you. And I heard the Lord say this. He said, do something normal. Do something natural. And uh, do something normal. I'm thinking, like, boy, I, I'm always normal. <laughs> he said, do something natural. So I, I, I thought, you know, I have some shoes on that could use a good polish. So I went over, and there was a lady there that was a shoe shiner. I'd never seen a lady shoe shiner before, a very nice lady. I jumped up on her chair, and, and uh, she started to polish my shoes up. And I didn't really need them done, but I just thought, what a good opportunity. So there she is. She's shining them, and I'm trying to do small talk, you know. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know if I'm doing a good job or not. So I just felt like the Lord said, just love on her. So I asked her about her kids and about her grandkids, and, and uh, we we're just talking, and oh, she just kind of was really pouring her heart out about her family, really slowing down on my shoes. Because people, they don't have people ask how they're doing very often. See, it begins to touch their heart. Didn't talk about myself. I kept asking her strategic questions. Her heart began to open up. She gets all done, so I give her a tip. And then I said, I want to do something nice for you. I said, you did a really nice job on this. I said, you're a very nice lady. And I said, so when someone does something nice, I want to bless them back. And I said, I'm on a mission trip, and I'm a minister, and, and uh, this you know, is going to look really nice when I preach down there. I said, I want, to, I want to do something nice. Now, I'm still fishing in the Holy Spirit. I'm waiting for that nugget. You ever get the nugget from the Lord? I'm waiting, I'm doing small talk, I'm waiting, and all of a sudden, my attention is drawn to her right hand, and then 
my attention is drawn to her middle finger on her right hand. It's just like that, boom. So uh, I said, hey, I said, I want to I pray for you. And she said, that's great. And she started giving me a list of all these people to pray for. She wanted me to write them down and take them back and pray for her sometime, you know. And I said, no, no, no. I said, we'll pray for them quick. But I said, I want to pray for your right hand and especially your middle finger on your right hand. I said, I believe the Lord has shown me that you have arthritis and corporal tunnel in that hand. And she started to cry and she said, how would you know that? And I said, I just, as I'm talking to you, the Lord showed me that because he loves you and he's well aware of who you are and God loves you. And she's standing there and her eyes, like I say, are watering. I said, I didn't even ask her now. I just took her hand and I put her hand between my hands and I rebuked the pain and I prayed for her and the spirit of the Lord came upon her and now she's crying even harder. And I said, try your hand and she tries it and the pain had gone down. So now she got excited. So then I put her hand between my... I got excited too. I'm like, well, this, this actually works, you know. So then I put my hands around her hand again, and I'm starting to feel like, you know, a little bit more like a, you know, a man of faith. And prayed again. I prayed for it three times. And at the end, she moved her hand like that, and she got so excited she grabbed me by the shirt and she drug me over to another shoe shiner that was struggling with cancer. Now, she didn't ask me. This is what happens when faith comes into people. People have an encounter with God. She didn't have to say, Sir, would you mind praying for my friend? See, all of a sudden, she had a living reality that God is real and God was amongst her. Amen? And she grabbed me by the shirt and she drug me about 15 feet over to this other guy. And he's like... What are you doing? And uh, this is no lie. I just simply put my hand on him. She said, let him, uh, she said, let this man, me, let this man pray for you. God just healed my hand through his simple prayer. So I put my hand on him and I started to pray for him and his body began to vibrate. I don't know if he got healed or not, but he started crying and we had a, a Holy Ghost time right there in the airport. The Bible says, Therefore confess your sins one to another, your false steps, your offenses. Pray for one another that you might be healed and restored. Do you think God can restore a marriage? Yes. Can God restore a friendship? Yes. Can God restore a career? Yes. Better believe it. The heartfelt, now here's the thing here. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And it says in parentheses, but uh, when put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic. Say dynamic. dynamic. And it can have tremendous power. Say, we need to pray. Now, through the generations, we see where religion got a hold of prayer. And isn't it interesting that God gives something so pure and so simple that even a child can do it? A, a child can get in contact with God and move his heart. A child can do that. And religion comes in and, and creates a system of works and creates a system that's so complicated. We never know if God is really listening. We never know, is God really moved by my prayer? 
Religion can complicate what God made simple. Amen? Remember Bobby Connor saying that one time. Religion complicates what God made simple. A child, when he gets down on his knees by his bed. I remember my mother used to have us pray by our bed uh, each night before we'd go to bed. And, and I remember that as a child, uh, you know, I'd jump in bed and mom would say, uh, did you pray yet? I'd say, no. Sometimes I'd say, sure. <laughs> Repent later. <laughs> Confess your faults. So she'd say, did you pray? And then I'd get out and I'd, I would uh, sit there and pray. And I remember I asked my mom one time, I said, how long am I supposed to pray? And she said, I want you to pray until you feel the presence of God. So as a kid, that's what I started to do. I would kneel by the bed and wait for the presence of God. Why? Because mama said. And as a young kid, I didn't know the difference. So I would pray and, and pretty soon I'd feel the presence of God and then I'd go to bed. Just say amen. amen. You see, a child can move the heart of God. I'd like you to go in your Bibles to Matthew 3.16. Matthew 3.16. And this is where Jesus is baptized. Jesus is baptized. Isn't that interesting that Jesus, the Son of God, the King of all kings, the Lord of lords, He had to get baptized. He was a template. If you want to know what good theology is, just follow the life of Jesus. Amen? I heard a said one time, I think it was Bill Johnson, he said, uh, the life of Jesus Christ is perfect theology. It's like, wow, that can preach. Jesus showed us the heart of the Father. Jesus showed us so many things. And one of the things Jesus did is He showed us how to pray. Matthew 3.16, it says, And when He had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. People, sometimes we have our baptisms up here. We have a tank, and then we, we baptize people. And they say, why don't you immerse instead of sprinkle? We immerse because that's what Jesus did. He was immersed. He came up out of the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. So here's Jesus. He goes down under the water. He comes up, and he sees, now this is Jesus, he sees the heavens open, and he sees the Spirit of God fall upon him. Now Jesus is the template, and this was uh, what was going to soon come to every believer on the day of Pentecost, right? So it says something interesting here. Uh, it says that the heavens were opened. Now, in the Greek, it's interesting. This word is only used two times in the New Testament. I'd like you to flip over to Matthew 27, 51. Matthew 27, 51. Are you tracking with me? Now, this word open is interesting. It's actually a word of violence. It's an action word. And it doesn't mean a subtle tearing. It doesn't mean that the heavens were open quietly, calmly, little birds chirping. It's a word of violence, of impact. A tremendous thing happened at that moment. 
The Bible says here that, I'd like to say the Greek word, but I'm going to really mess it up. How How about that? It's like I was trying to sneeze. E-S-C-H-I-S-T-H-E. And it's a word that has a tremendous impact. It meant a violent tearing. And it says that when he went down in the water and he came up, he saw a violent tearing in the heavens, and the Spirit of God came upon him. I like that. And then in Matthew 27, 51, we see that word used again. And the Bible says that Jesus died, and when he died, it said that the veil in the temple, same word, was tore from top to bottom, but it was tore violently and not passively. Do you get it? What it's saying is that at that moment, Jesus died, the veil was violently tore from God, from God to man. Amen? And that veil, you had the people that would go to the tabernacle, the priests, and they would go and do their functions. And only one time a year they could go into the very presence of God. And they would go and they would pray. We know the story of Zechariah around Christmas, the Christmas story, you know. He was in the temple. He was performing the services. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Remember this whole thing? And uh, uh, so once a year. Now, that service they could do often. But to go beyond that into the Holy of Holies could only happen once a year, and that was on the Day of Atonement, right? And where God, where man would bring an offering, a sacrifice, and atone for the sins of man. All right, well, this scripture here is so powerful because there was a system in the Old Testament, and then when Jesus died, he was saying that I actually died once and for all for the sins of man. Anyone that would come to him can receive what he has to offer. Amen? And the Bible says that when he died, there was a violent tearing from the top of the veil to the bottom. And the Bible says that even the rocks began to shake and split as a sign as well. Symbolizing even the hardest of hearts. Amen? Anyone that comes to him can encounter this. So why am I sharing this? That's a good question. I'll have to figure out a good reason. <laughs> when you pray, don't pray an Old Testament prayer where you're not sure if God is there. I like what Bill Johnson said. He said, as a Christian, you imagine that God is everywhere. God is out at, uh, in Saturn. God is at the sun, God is everywhere in the universe, right? He said, so why not imagine that when you pray, God is right there? You see, when Jesus died and rose again, there was a violent tear in the heavenlies, and now you have full access to God. When you bow your knee in prayer, you have the full attention, you have full access to Almighty God right now. What a gift. 
What a gift. What a gift. You have full access to God. See, what I whisper in secret, God hears in the heavens. Because I have full access to God. Say full access. Full access. Amen. Whew. Amen. God is so good. There's a, there was a guy in the 50s. You guys okay? You're awake? Everyone's awake? Just point at someone sleeping. We'll get him on camera. You ever see that where the kids fall asleep at the high school parties, you know, and they wake up and they've got marker all over their face? We won't do that to you here. Maybe. Maybe. There was a guy in the 50s. His name was R.E. Miller. And at this time, uh, Argentina had been under uh, some really hard dictatorships, some, some hard situations. Uh, we know that after World War II, uh, a lot of uh, war criminals fled to Argentina. There was a lot of uh, issues going on in that country at that time. And a little old preacher that didn't know much about nothing, God calls him to Argentina as a missionary. He's working down there in this city, little city outside, little town outside Marta Plata. How many of you guys have gone to Marta Plata? Yeah, you guys have gone with us down there. Um, they have this McDonald's there that has not, it's not like a McDonald's here. It's like steak burger. It's so good. How, who's eating there? Oh, yeah. Okay. You guys know what I'm talking about. Argentine beef. So the nation is cold. The nation is Catholic, but nobody goes to church. Did you know that when you pay your taxes in Argentina... The Catholic Church is so powerful that a percent of your taxes is actually paid to tithes for tithes to the Catholic Church in Argentina. Everyone pays tithes to the Catholic Church in some, at some level. It's that powerful there, but they've got these giant cathedrals, but nobody attends. They're empty. Isn't that sad? So, Mr. Miller goes down, nothing is happening. How unsuccessful. Left his country, the United States, moves down there. Nothing is happening. He had about 15 people in his church. Left everything to go there. 15 people in his church. That's not much. Oh, he's like, God, I don't know what to do. And he's laying out there before the Lord, and he's praying, and he's like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't have the education. I don't have all these things. What can I do? And the Lord puts it on his heart. He says, I want you to start praying every day for a revival in Argentina. And he thought, I can do that. I got lots of time. He starts praying eight hours a day. As he goes grocery shopping, he's praying. As he goes to work on a car, he's praying. Eight hours a day praying for revival in Argentina. That so challenged me because sometimes, you know, 20 minutes can seem to 
be hard. And then other times you pray and it's like two hours. And you're like, where'd the time go? I don't know. But he started praying for six months. He didn't tell anyone. On the end of the six months, he was in prayer. And after all that time, the Lord spoke to him one time. And he told him this, continue. Okay. 15 people, nothing much going on, not much for finances. What am I going to do? Continue. So there he is. All he knows to do is to get close to God. See, he doesn't understand what's really going on. God is preparing his heart. God is preparing his spirit, man. God is building his faith for the future movement. But in that time, he's getting frustrated. He's thinking, why in the world has God gone on vacation? You ever been there? So at the end of that time, the Lord speaks to him again after six months. That's a lot of time. And the Lord says, I want you to hold, nightly, uh, I want you to hold uh, a prayer meeting. I think it was two nights a week from eight till midnight. He said, God, he said, if I do this, there's only going to be two or three Older ladies that are going to come. I want the multitudes to get saved. And the Lord says, you're right. That's all he says. So he had a prayer meeting. And uh, I think they, two, three nights a week, whatever it was, they got together and they prayed till midnight. And nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. They did that for months. Nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. And all of a sudden, one night they got together and the pastor felt an impression in his spirit. And he looked at one of the ladies and he said, hey, do you have a word from the Lord? She said, all I know is the Lord keeps telling me to go up front. They had like an altar up front, a kneeling altar or something. And she says, I'm supposed to go up and knock on that. He was almost shattered. He's like, really? So she goes up and knocks on it. The next night, she feels the same thing. She goes up and knocks on it. The next night, she goes up and knocks on it. Now she's embarrassed, so she won't do it anymore. So they get together, they pray, and feeling nothing, just as dry as can be. And finally, he says, does anyone feel anything? She goes, yeah, I feel like I'm supposed to knock on that. He's like, there it is, mourner's bench, whatever. Fifth night of this happening, he had them all stand up, and they're praying, and she says, I feel like it again. So they all went up. He started knocking. Next one knocked. Next one knocked. And when that older, older grandma got up, she felt the Spirit of God say again, go up and knock on that. She gets up, and it's recorded in history that as she brought her knuckles down, the Spirit of God filled the building. They were all hit under the power of God. They began to speak in tongues, the next night, people had heard about the tremendous moving of the Spirit in that prayer meeting, and the meeting grew, and then the next night, it grew again. Within about a month and a half, they filled one of the largest stadiums in Marta Plata. Marta Plata, that's a big city. Just say amen. amen. Why? Because prayer has tremendous power. If you're not feeling the Spirit of God in your cell group, I just want to challenge you. 
to spend a little bit more time with the one that can bring power. Amen? Spend a little bit more private time with the one that can bring power. Spend a little bit more time with the one that can bring power. What you sow in secret will be revealed openly. Amen? When we spend time with the one that can baptize us in power and we show up as the leader or a potential leader or a cell person, the Spirit of God will come with us. Amen? Just say amen. amen. You guys okay? Sometimes when we invest into prayer, I have a quote here. It says, when you are actively seeking the Lord, my heart can go where my head can't fit. I want to say that again. When you are actively seeking the Lord, my heart can go where my head can't fit. You need a solution in business. I remember when I was in business, the Lord let me get all stressed out a few times. And then I remember one day I'm sitting there. I needed to create some more business. I was uh, over sales and marketing. I remember I shut my blinds in my office, turned up the music, and I laid on the floor, locked the door, I did this, there I am, nice clothes, laid out on the carpet, and I said, God, I'm not getting up until I hear from you. God, I'm not getting up until I have a breakthrough from you. God, I'm not getting up until I have a breakthrough from you. And I began to worship the Lord, began to press into His presence, began to worship, began to pray, began to worship, began to pray, and then finally I felt like the Lord said, now just lay there in the quiet. So I'm laying there in the quiet, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God would come in the room, and He'd give me a little word. He would speak to me. Sometimes He would tell me a client's name. One time He told me a client's name, and He said, you tried to sell your company, but you didn't sell, uh, you, you didn't do an ROI, return on investment. He said, write an ROI, this is what the Lord told me in prayer. I'm on the floor, because that's how you grow a business. Carpet time. They teach you that at Harvard. All right, I got to hurry. But I would do what the Lord said, and it would work every single time. 100% of the time it worked. 100% of the time it would work. 100% of the time it would work. 100% of the time it would work. I've got fun stories. We'll get into some other day. But when you actively seek the Lord, my heart can go where my head can't fit. See, when I'm on the floor, I'm in the presence of God. I'm seeking the Lord. God would speak to me. That's not how you grow a business. But in my heart, the voice of the Lord spoke. So that is how you grow a business. Didn't make sense here, but in here, my faith was booming with faith. My heart was booming with faith. Amen? You guys okay? Therefore, as we move deeper into prayer, faith is released to move mountains that our heads cannot comprehend. 
Ooh, that's good stuff. I just gave you a bite of steak. Therefore, as we move deeper into prayer, faith is released to move mountains that our heads cannot comprehend. What's the key? The key is to spend time with the Creator. Amen? All right. Last thing here. I just want to give you uh, six quick little things, and then we'll pray. These are six areas that are released when we pray. These are six areas that are released when we pray. I'm just going to do these real quick, so write them down if you want to. Six areas of power that are released when we pray. Number one, there's an anointing that comes. Each of these are an anointing. It means a release of power. The Bible says that the disciples were baptized on the day of Pentecost in, in power. Power. When, we're get, when we get saved, we have the Holy Spirit in us. When we encounter the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is dealing with power for a function. Power for a purpose. Inside the Holy Spirit works for me to change me. The fruit of the Spirit but when, I'm, when I'm, the Bible says I'm endued with power from on high, it's, it smears my body. It's like a lotion in a sense. It's the same Greek word in, in essence of applying a lotion. I'm endued with power, but that's not for me. That's for others. And that only comes as I spend time with the Father. I can have an initial experience, but it'll wane until I spend time with the Father and it begins to recharge me and re-empower me. Say amen. amen. They asked John Wesley, they said uh, there was a, an area uh, of churches that he went to and there was nothing going on. They were dead, they were dry toast. And they said, we don't believe the gifts of the Spirit are for today. We don't see them in our churches. Very pompous. And he said, the reason why you feel nothing and you see nothing is because your churches are cold. You see, when we spend time with the Father, there's a release of power that begins to fill the church again. More prayer, more power. More prayer, more power. More prayer, more power. And it's not works. It's just going with a bucket and getting filled up and pouring it on all those in your cell group. Amen? Big difference. Attributes of power released through prayer. Are you ready? Number one is the area of service. There's an anointing. God wants to anoint you and increase that area of service on your life. So when you have the anointing for service, you can do more in a shorter amount of time. Amen? It's like Ecclesiastes 10.10 where it says, A sharp axe accomplishes much. I want that anointing for service. Say amen. Number two is the area of finances. God will give you the power. The Bible says that God gives you the power to create wealth. See? Say, say wealth. wealth. He's not talking about greed. He's talking about wealth. When you get saved, when an area gets saved in Africa or in uh, South America or some poor area, when that area gets saved, the economic structure begins to rise. Why? Because it's part of the cross. Amen? Amen? Wealth is part of the package. It doesn't mean that you're going to be 
you know, crazy rich. It means your lifestyle begins to grow. God begins. He's your father. He provides your needs and he gives you opportunities for increase. Say amen. amen. Number two is the area of finances, that God gives you the power to create wealth. Say amen. Number three is the area of law. This is the judicial system of heaven. The power of God is called authority. Say authority. authority. So number three, it's dealing with authority. When you spend time with God and in the presence of God, your authority, you're given authority when you receive Jesus. Amen? Amen. But the essence of that authority begins to mobilize and come alive as we spend time with God. Amen? Say authority. authority. Number four. That's why when you see someone trying to cast a spirit out of someone, working with them, and nothing's happening, they need to spend time with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Remember, that's what Jesus told the disciples. He said, some come out with prayer. Some translations say prayer and fasting. We need to spend time with the one that enables that authority. Say amen. amen. All right. Number four is the area of spiritual warfare. The power of God is called might. Say might. The Bible says that there was a sevenfold spirit of God. And one of the spirits of God, he's multifaceted. It's all God. It's God, one God. But the Bible says that one of the areas of God, spirit, is called might. That's thunderous, tremendous power for change. Sometimes we need the might of God in our life. Say the might. the might. We need the might of God in our life. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.10, it says, Be strengthened in the Lord and in the power of His might. Oh, there it is. You guys thought I was making that up. <laughs> when I spend time with God in prayer, number five, the fifth area, is the area of character. Power is called pers uh, persistence or perseverance. The area of character, number five, when I spend time with Jesus, I become strong on the inside and I have persistence. I have, I have uh, uh, perseverance and I can go through storms when I'm close to Jesus. There's an anointing and a power that's released on my life that I can win this, I, can, I can stand firm against the wind. Amen? That's called number five, perseverance. There's an anointing for that that's released. And the last one, I like this one. When I spend time with Jesus in prayer, number six, it says that there's an anointing that is released for the miraculous the supernatural. And this is the area of miracles. It's very hard to do supernatural things when we're not sowing supernatural things. Amen? You cannot work miracles through the flesh. But you find a praying young man or old man, a praying young woman or old woman, someone that knows Jesus, that spends time and they'll lay their little hands on that person and they pray and the Spirit of God is released for the miraculous. Amen. 
Amen. My grandmother, she was the sweetest little thing you ever see in your life. She was quiet. She was meek. The word meek means power under control. People are like, oh, there's just such a simple meek person. Don't mess with a meek person. That means power under control. My, my grandma, she had power, amen? And she knew her. She knew her Lord and Savior. She knew the Holy Ghost. Well, my foster sister couldn't have children, and they didn't know what to do. So she got a hold of my, my granny. There she is, quiet, sweet. Her name was Julie. She said, I can't have children. Can you pray for me? She goes, oh, dear, that's a terrible thing to be barren. That's a terrible thing. Let's pray right now. And she laid her hands on her, and the power of God was released. And within a couple months, she was pregnant. You see, the sixth area that is released in your life when you spend time with Jesus in prayer is the area of the miraculous. Amen? You see, thank God for grace. Sometimes God will do things through your life that uh, you, know, you don't have time for. Just pray anyways. But if you want it consistent in your life, you need to spend time with the one that gives you the power. Amen? The Bible talks about the, the foolish virgins and the, the wise ones, and, and the wise ones had oil. Amen? The foolish ones... We're all spent. There's no oil. God wants us to be full of oil in our life. Full of oil. Amen? All right, I know I need to close. I was going to do something, but we'll do it next time with the chairs. God is good. God is good. Amen? How many want to see the presence and power of God in your life? Amen. I want to, how many want to see an invasion of power in your cell group? Amen. I want to see an invasion of power in my cell group as well. We've, we have powerful meetings, but it's like there's a whole other level that we don't even understand. See, what we see on a normal basis, we call normal, but that's not what God calls normal. He wants people to encounter God. Why? Because people on fire win people to Jesus. Amen? People on fire win people to Jesus. Amen? All right. I, I felt when I was praying this morning, I felt, um, where is she at? Rachel, your name came to me. I feel the anointing released here again. And I, and I heard the Lord say, tell her to prepare her heart for encounters. You've been in a season. The Lord wants to teach you a deeper walk in the Spirit. I see you being filled up in private and pouring out in public. So, be an example to others. You're going to, I feel that anointing on that really strong. Let's stand up. We'll do this some other time. I suppose the Packers are playing today, right? What time do they play today? 3.25. So what's the hurry? We're going to close in prayer. Man, I feel the release of the Spirit here. 
let's, let's do something. Let's, uh, let's move those chairs, and uh, we're going to close in prayer. But God, the Bible says that He'll demonstrate, um, He'll confirm His Word with signs and wonders following. Isn't that what, it's, what it says? Not me. I'm just a man. But Jesus can come in the Spirit, and He'll confirm His Word with signs and wonders following. And so many times in churches today, we preach and we go home, we never give God the time to confirm what we just preached about. So I'd like the ministry team to come up here. We're going to close with this. Go ahead. If you're on ministry team, just come up here. Um, there's some people here that want to, to have a refreshing of the Spirit. Uh, you've been uh, in your own season, and you want to have that fresh touch again. So we're going to pray for the congregation. We're going to dismiss. But if you want to see God uh, begin to fill your bucket again, I just gave you six areas that when you spend time with Jesus, that God begins to pour those areas into your life. Um, I believe that God wants to touch some people here. And you can leave here on a whole nother level. Amen? I pray that God would stretch you. I pray that, that you would become such a revivalist in this area, that God could just use you. You can just have lunch with someone, and they can just begin to weep under the presence of God. Amen? I was having lunch with a guy one time at uh, Old Country Buffet. You guys remember that? Yep. yep. The greasiest chicken on the planet. <laughs> We're sitting there eating, but I had spent time in prayer. I felt strong in the Lord, and I'm just eating chicken, and it's coming down my chin. And a guy walks up, and he stares at, at me for quite a while, and it was very uncomfortable. And then he sat at our table, and he said, I'm an addict, and I'm hopeless, and I didn't know what to do. And I walked into the bathroom, and I said, God, I feel like ending my life. I don't know what to do. And he walked out. He locked eyes with myself, and the Spirit of God came over him, and he sat at our table and poured out his heart for about an hour and a half. Wow. You see what the Spirit of God can do? We need power back in our life. Let's pray. Let's, let's pray. Just grab someone's hand next to you there. Come on, let's pray in the power of God. Amen? Let's change things up. Amen? When someone prays with you, they're praying with the Spirit of God. Amen? Because God is in you. Father God, we pray that you would break, break our normal, Lord. I ask for a new level of the Holy Spirit. I ask for the power of God to come again in each of those six areas, Father. Lord, I pray for a release of the Spirit today. Oh, God, break us out of our carnality, oh, God. Break us out of that lethargy. Oh, God, break us out of that thing. And, Father, we pray for a move of the Holy Spirit, God. But, Father, upon uh, the, the, the average, everyday person, but they're connected to you, God. Father, we pray for the Spirit of God to come. Oh, God, let the anointing pour free here today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray in the name of Jesus. How many can say amen to that? Amen. Woo, come on. If you need prayer, come forward and let's see a breakthrough. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Uh, have a good Christmas. If we don't see you till then, God bless you all. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. 
be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.